Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters. Welcome to another episode of the Ark of Thoughts podcast. Today's episode we're going to be talking about preparing for university uh, as Muslims because we are Muslims. Um, now before we get started, we're in the new studio, Kasim. I know. What do you guys think? Uh, what do you guys think of our new studio? Uh, do you like the look? Do you like the aesthetic? Is there anything that we should try? You know what I was thinking, Kasim? Like a nice little like a frame or a piece of art or something that can go go on the wall maybe over here. I don't know. Maybe our logo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Somebody watching might uh might, you know, um be an artist and uh maybe. might might make something like really really nice and pretty for us. Uh, <laughs> anyway, today's episode we're talking about preparing for university um as a Muslim. Because I think this is this is a topic that is really relevant at the moment. And firstly, what we want to do is we want to begin by congratulating um, all the students who have recently had their A-level results or their GCSE results. Now, many of those people that have now finished their A-levels, one of the options or one of the routes that people go down um, is to continue with their studies and to go to university. And university sometimes is seen as like a minefield. Um, and as for the normal person, as for the Muslim, um, it can be a very challenging place, but a place um, where an individual can grow um, and learn a lot about themselves and, and the world around them as well. So what we want to do is we want to discuss some tips and tricks, um, some advices that we might have, some things that we've learned along the way, um, maybe explain a few different things and terminologies that you may not have come across as well. Uh, whilst it's going to be relevant for new students, I think it's also going to be relevant for students that are still studying. Um, and at the same time, for those who are prospective students as well, who are potentially looking at going to university in future years. So before we get started, Kasim, uh, what I want to do is for our viewers, for the people watching, I think it's important that we talk about our university journey, uh, what we did, um, where we went, uh, and the sort of like other logistics that people might be interested in as well, which we, we can talk about later on as well. So, do you want to start? And just to mention something, I'm actually going back to university this year. Oh, <laughs> so the, the, you're speaking about a podcast for yourself? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm going back to do my PGC this year to okay. become a teacher, inshallah. So, yeah, I'll be back at university like you guys, inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back, I think, as a mature student okay. rather than a person who's just 18 years old again. It's going to be a bit different. Okay. So, what what did you do? So, I mean, you said you're doing a PGC, which is for teacher qualifications. Yeah. But when you were 18, um, you also went to university at that time as well. Yeah. Uh, what what did you do? Where did you go? Um, how did you go about your degree, if that makes sense? Uh, to be honest, I came straight out of my A-levels. And like most people, I went straight into my degree. So mm -hmm. I studied history. Uh, alhamdulillah, I got to study history. Uh, and history is something I'm very passionate about. I love reading. Uh, there's so many th other things that I like doing, but history was one of those things that, you know what, was a subject that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, to honest, my teachers at school made it enjoyable and made it inter interesting for me. And something that I just, I picked up uh, and on the side, I do read a lot. Um, not just Islamic history, but any different sorts of history. So it's something that I wanted to go into. And uh, I always told myself as a teacher. So I, well, I went to university, but I knew that after my history degree, it would be becoming a teacher. Obviously, I'm doing it a few years later. But there reason, there's different reasons for that. Uh, yeah, my goal in life was, yeah, to become a teacher, to educate people, to help, mm -hmm. you know, uplift people, uh, uplift myself. Uh, because I personally think that one of the changes in life, changes for society, would take place through education. Uh, if, a, if a society is not educated, if a society is not literate, if, society, if a society doesn't understand the world that it's living in, it can't evolve, it can't improve, it can't get better. Yeah. Okay. So that's just like something for me, from my side. Okay. And... Um... Just for the viewers as well, um, I know what you did, but did you commute or did you live at university? For university, uh, for my three years, which I was there for my undergrad, I, I commuted. Okay. So I would go to Manchester more or less every single day. Mm -hmm. That's a choice that I, I took and I'm very happy that I took that choice. Okay. Okay. So, um, okay, so about my university journey, um, I went to Lancaster University um, and I studied mathematics. Now, you mentioned you sort of had like an end goal about what you wanted to do and become a teacher. I'll be honest, I had zero end goal. Um, the reason why I studied maths was simply because I enjoyed it. And 
I was good at it. Yeah. Um, and that's why I decided I decided maths. And one of the reasons I'm, I'm very open about mentioning this is there will be people that are listening who are in the same boat as well. Yeah. Some people or society expects or other people expect you to have an end goal about um, exactly what you want to do after your degree. I didn't. Um, you could say I fudged it. Um, but I'm, I'm doing okay at the moment, uh, if that makes sense. So I did my bachelor's in mathematics. Um, in the first year, I did commute. And we're going to get more into talking about commuting as well as living in halls of residence or living in private property um, later on. But I commuted for the first year. Then for my second year and my third year, I lived in private property. And then um, after my bachelor's, I then went on to study a master's degree. Um, I specialized in the field of medical statistics. Um, but during that year, I lived in halls of residence. Um, it wasn't it was less out of choice and more out of necessity because what essentially happened was I didn't know whether I was going to be doing the master's due to personal reasons uh, right until basically registration week. And there was no nowhere else or nowhere else for me to go. Um, but we'll get into talking about the different sort of um, places to live or different ways we can get to and from university um, later on into the talk. So... The other thing that I sort of want to caveat is what we're not going to talk about. Um, what we don't want to talk about is the halal and the haram of student loans. Um, that's something we don't feel qualified to do. Um, that's not a topic that we want to go into too much. However, I do want to go and just point on the side. Um, there are some brothers in Islamic finance guru um, who I think, mashallah, do some fantastic work and amazing work. Now, we're not talking about the halal and haram of student loan, but I know that under the government that was led by David Cameron, um, I know not the most popular figure, but there were plans and not just, I'm not just talking wishy-washy plans, but some solid plans that went through the Houses of Parliament that have passed all the bills that are required for making a student loan that was not based on an interest model. Okay. Um, now, what's happened is this was meant to be implemented and it was meant to be implemented for the likes of us the Muslim population, as well as, I believe, the Jewish community as well. Um, but unfortunately, this has stalled. It's passed through the House of House of Commons, House of Lords. Um, and we're talking about the UK, obviously, here. Um, but it's, it's stalled in terms of implementing it. And Islamic Finance Guru have released a video to explain, like, the details of it and how we can try to accelerate the process. So it doesn't matter whether we, we take the opinion of halal or haram. We understand that if an interest-based alternative, uh, sorry, a non-interest-based alternative uh, was present, then that would be the one that we as Muslims would go for. So why don't we get behind this movement of trying to trying to help facilitate this? If we are uh, alumni, then we can we could try and get involved. Um, and if we are prospective students, and this may be something that is stopping us, then we can try to you know put some pressure on the government. Um, and the brothers at IFG explain really well. So I'll leave a, leave, leave a link uh, for that in the description about where you can find a bit more information. But that's something that we are going to be staying away from. That's not something that we're going to talk about. Um, the other thing I want to mention here is that Kasim University is not for everyone, man. No, no, I think this is, uh, yeah, I want to really drive this point home. In terms of, okay, most people in the UK, by law, they've been education until the age of 18 now. Mm -hmm. So they go to school, then afterwards they go to college, uh, maybe to do A-levels, to do vocational subjects, to do apprenticeships, different things. And like, uh, unfortunately, the society that we live in, and this also comes from like the mentality of our parents, is I like, you know our, our kids will all go to university and get a degree and become educated. But honestly, hand on my heart, over the past few years, I don't think university is for everybody. I don't think university provides a platform for everybody to go on and to get a career. Mm -hmm. And I do think that university, uh, I'll be honest, I worked uh, at university for, for a year. I got a graduate scheme there and it's a business. Let's, let's not like uh, be wishy-washy about it. It is a business. Mm -hmm. It's like probably a billion dollar, trillion dollar industry mm -hmm. where a lot of money is being made. And unfortunately today, most people uh, are going to university because of society pressure. And like you said, like the point that you, know, you were very honest that like you went to university, but you didn't really have like a goal or you didn't really have like some sort of thing in mind. And majority of students go to university because their friends are going, society is going, they get pushed by their parents. Or if I don't get university, I won't be able to make anything in my life. I won't get a career. 
and they're like sort of like going to university not with their full heart and they don't really have a plan what happens when they finish university they don't get benefit from that from their degree which is a big problem that we see yeah. um we want to push out there that okay even if you don't go to university you can make something of your life and get apprenticeship you know you can be, uh, get pick up a trade you can do so many different things you can go into business you can do so many different things university is not the only way in life mm. you know i think there's a point that to mention here yeah that university is not the only way in life to succeed or to get to the place that you want to get to yeah i think the the problem is sometimes people struggle with this concept because there's such a huge societal pressure yeah, yeah. for people to go to university um and take take our word for it it's not be all and end all we know people that have not gone to university um that that have been very successful and are very successful um in what they're doing and they're on some them fa- some fantastic schemes yeah. um if my if my brother doesn't mind me mentioning if he does mind me mentioning, he's not going to get kicked in. But as if he if he agrees to to us mentioning, but he's he didn't go to university. Um, although there was great societal pressure because my brother and myself were the only two siblings in the house, and for one brother, the elder one, to go to university to do a bachelor's degree, to do a master's degree, um, to come out with alhamdulillah with good grades, um, there was great societal pressure on him. You know, everybody's asking the question. Or which university are you going? Or what course are you doing? Um, but my brother decided, and it was his own decision that is not for me. And I think that he looked back. He looks back on his own life, and he says, "You know what? That was probably one of the best decisions I made in my life." Um, and where he and he don't get me wrong, there is struggle, you know. Um, and society doesn't help to help promote those people that choose not to go to university. Um, but he battled through it, yeah. and. He does not regret the decision of going, not going to university one single bit. Um, and I think that's really, really important to mention. If you believe that academia is not for you, if you don't like the sort of exams, if you aren't somebody who, who's, you could say, book smart or enjoys studies, and I don't think we should make university a place only for those people who want to get a good job at the end. No, you know, if you enjoy studying, yeah. um, if, you enjoy, if you enjoy that particular subject as well, then by all means go um but yeah i think this, this is a really important point to drive home um i just want to mention you another thing is that if you're a student now at the age of 18 and you're in a dilemma of whether to go to university or not go to university my honest advice looking back would be uh, take a gap year mm-hmm. take a gap year work in this gap year and figure out what you want to do trust me you're not going to miss the train if you don't go to university at the same time as your friends if you go to university, the average age of students is like 22, 23. It's not 18. Mm-hmm. It is not 18 years old. You know, take one year out, two year out, figure out some direction of your life. And then if you, university is good for you, then go, you know, and in that time you've worked, you've got some experience. If you feel like you're in the middle, honestly, my advice, take a gap year, take some time out, maybe travel, maybe, you know, work. And then think about university later. Don't jump into it, you know, half out Yeah. I think the other point to mention here, Kasim, is, you know, the age which people perceive a university student or the beginning age of a, of a university student. Normally, people say around like 18, 18 years old, 19 years old. And I think generally the, a sort of conception or a perception of society is that at the age of 18, 19, you're a mature adult um, and you have a complete understanding of the world and you have your life planned out. That's not the case. <laughs> I didn't have my life planned out at 18, 19. I'm fairly sure that you didn't either. And there's no shame in admitting that. There's no shame in saying, I don't know what I'm doing. And that you need some time to figure it out. Okay. Um, and this this is like unfortunate that I don't I don't want to use the word kids because they're not kids as well at the same time. But sorry, young adults is the right word. Okay. It's a shame that young adults at that age can't be open and can't admit to to society or to to members of their family or their friends that look you know i don't know i need i need to spend some time um but the important thing here is that you need to spend some time doing some research or uh expanding your horizons and learning what what you want to do um and then going down that that line um so i think we sort of covered the sort of the preamble part yeah um what i want to go into now is like choosing university um and this tends to be like the first or the second sort of thing that um young adults have to choose uh once they decide that they they want to go into academia 
uh, one being the course that you want to do. And I don't want to talk too much about the course because every individual is unique. You know, it might be that you have an end goal of you want to become a doctor or an engineer, in which case you need to do a specific thing. Um, or on the other hand, you might just do something you, you enjoy and you, you want to learn more about. Fair enough. You know, there might be other reasons as well why, why you might choose a particular subject or a particular course. Um, but choosing your university, this tends to be another issue that many people have. I think the first sort of misconception that, that many students have is I need to open up the uh, the student university guide, the Times University, uh, the Guardian University, and find the best university or the top-ranking university that I can get into. And there's a misconception about what these tables represent, firstly. Um, I think what, what you have to understand as a student is, as Kasim mentioned, universities are uh, businesses, first and foremost. And they're not only institutions to provide education, but at the same time, they institutes to make money. Um, and these rankings are normally based on research that's being produced by uh, the scholars that are within that university. Just because a university is high on a ranking doesn't mean that it's going to be necessarily good for you as a student. There's a difference between the two. And it's really important that you learn what the nuance is between the two. Um, Kasim, anything, anything else you want to mention about university ranking tables? It's just, uh, and you say, I think the most important thing would be to look at the student feedback. There's a lot, there's a lot of students who go to like maybe the top ten universities, but once they give their reviews, they say, you know what, we had no connection with our professors, without, uh, without, we have, we didn't feel included. We didn't really benefit from the course. Our lecturer just came and read off that presentation or just PowerPoint and stuff like that. So it's, don't get too bogged down to these things, you know. Mm -hmm. Like uh, if you've got a specific course in mind, like we mentioned, uh, study a course that you want to study. Uh, do something that you enjoy, but don't get, don't move like for example halfway across the country because of a ranking table, you know. Yeah. Don't make such a big step that you know you might regret. I think, you know, there is importance in them as well. Don't no, get me no, wrong. There, I mean, there, there, is, there, then... there is such a thing as prestige and the companies do recognise that as well. So we're not we're not completely saying that, you know, if you have the grades to go to Cambridge and Oxford, then don't go to Cambridge and Oxford and go to Blackburn University Centre yeah. instead. That's not, that's not what we were trying to say and that's not what we were trying to promote at the same time as well. Because it's important that within the Muslim community, we have Oxford, uh, Oxford and Cambridge graduates as well, you know. Um, but you have to find what's right for you, and and that's really important. Whether that be a combination of league tables and location as well. Um, so, for example, you know, distance from your your parents' house. How close or how far do you want to be away from your parents? Um, this is a really important point that needs to be mentioned. And you know, as Muslims, we retain our family connections, and within within our culture, within our religion, there is a promotion of maintaining ties of kinship. So it's really important that you don't end up, you know, halfway around the country in, in somewhere that's far and remote, far away from your family. You know, uh, my advice is always to to live within reasonable distance of, of your parents' house so that you can go back and forward. Um, you know, throughout your years of study, it might be that there are complications, there are family issues in which you need to get home very quickly. If you're too far away, how are you going to get home? You know, um, when you're needed, how are you going to make yourself available? Um, and I guess the other thing to sort of mention about university choice is the difference between like city universities and campus universities. Yes. So you went to a city university, Kasim, didn't you? Um, so, you know, what what can you tell me about like city universities like you are aware of that are yeah. different to campus universities? I think the big difference between like city universities and uh, campus universities is that in the city, you're very free mm -hmm. because in a city, uh, there's thousands of people there. Nobody knows who you are, and you don't know anybody. And especially if you're living in that sort of city, then what happens? I remember one, one person said to me, "Because I had so much fun at university, I, I almost killed myself." And this is reality when you live on a like a city campus where you can go anywhere, you can do anything that you want, you can do honestly crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. It's it's quite dangerous at the same time as well, and it's very free, it's very open, and like people will be encouraging you to sometimes do those things. Which are actually not good for you, mm -hmm. you know. And the city campus, as you know, the nightlife is there. You have, you know, clubs. You know, yeah, all the other stuff that we don't really want to mention. But it's all there. And it's open and it's it's then it's accessible for you. 
on on a on, on a on a company university is a bit different as you, know, you went to a company university. Yeah, but I think Kasim, like you know, you're mentioning about nightlife and you're mentioning about um, those things that we don't want to get involved in. Doesn't mean necessarily that a campus university doesn't have these things. Um, I think the difference is you're you're living in it. Yeah, yeah. In a city university, you're living in it. You're, you're right in the center. You're living. You're 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 in the eye of the storm. Yeah. You can say. Whereas in a campus university, the difference is that you're living on a campus which is exclusively for students, and there's only and only going to be students there. So you're not generally mixing in with the with the local population. It tends to be like a, a little village in itself. And I am aware there aren't as many campus universities as there are city universities. City universities tend to be a lot more common. But the only reason I'm mentioning it is because I went to a campus yeah. university, um, and you can you can argue your point about everything is more accessible in the city, but to a person who wants to access these kind of things, it's also going to be accessible in a campus university. But I'm saying this that Muslim wants to access. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the only the, I think the advantage of a campus university is everything is really close. Everything's in in one area. Your le- your food outlets are literally like next door to your lecture halls. Yeah. Um, your sports center is is there. Everything is all on one location. You don't need to go far to get to anything that you you need in uni. Um, so I think that's the sort of main difference between city and campus. Um, but Kasim, you mentioned that when you when you went to uni, you travelled all three years. Yeah. And I travelled for the first year. Yeah. Um, I think what it was, for me, my travel journey was approximately one and one hour, 45 minutes to almost two hours, just one way. Mm. And the problem that I had was after my first year, um, I just, I was shattered. I, was, I wasn't able to concentrate. I wasn't able to do any, any work on the side. Um, it was literally just attending lectures, attending seminars. Mm. And that's it. That's all I could do. Um, the the travel was basically just killing me. Um, I was struggling really, really, um, a lot in in my first year. Um, so I made the decision to to move and to to live in Lancaster. Yeah. Um, you decided, however, to spend your entire three years commuting. Yeah. So, do you want to tell us like, what advantage did you see in commuting? Um. What benefit did you see in commuting? Uh, and how did you find it? Like, did you find it manageable? Was it was it possible? Um, the first obvious reason of commuting is that you save a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, save money of rent and stuff like that. Uh, second of all, for me, commuting, I found it manageable. There mm-hmm. were some days, don't you know, you do have some days where there are long days at university and you get home late, you start early and stuff like that. Those days, no, they're all there. For me, what happened for me is that I viewed university as just go to university, go to my lecture seminars, come back, do my work. And I just saw university, how do I say? I wouldn't say I, I took the full benefit of the university experience as most people would say, getting involved in societies and clubs and doing different activities and stuff like that. I missed out on that part of university. Mm-hmm. That's because I chose to stay at home. Yeah. But I my sort of mindset of to university was that, okay, I'm going there to get a degree. I just need to study, pass my seminars, pass my lectures, pass my uh, sort of modules and leave. Because I'll be honest, for me, I didn't see university as a place of, there are, like we said, there are like experiences and societies that you do, you can't get involved in. And there are good things whilst you're living there. If you're, compu- if you're commuting, your mindset is going to be a bit different because you can't juggle both lives mm-hmm. because you're not living there. If Once you're living there, it's a bit different as you experience in your second and third year. So for mm-hmm. me, that the main benefit was obviously saving money, uh, being at home every single day. You know, uh, being safe, I think that was the main thing, being safe, because once you're out there, you know, once you live away from home, once a person, especially that age of 18, 19, 20, he has freedom, he has time, and he has energy, he could do a lot of stuff, you know, and most people, they don't have that, how do you say, the understanding to utilize these sort, these sort of things in the correct manner. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, students go on to do those things which are not beneficial for them. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's some really important points and I think you've essentially covered the sort of like the benefits and, and the disadvantages, so to speak, of, of commuting, um, which I think is really important to mention. But I think, so I'll mention like the flip side now, which is living there. Um, like I mentioned in my second year, my third year and my master's year, 
uh, I lived in university and in my second and third year, alhamdulillah, I was really, really lucky that I spent, um, I lived with some fantastic brothers, man. Uh, alhamdulillah, man. If, if any of the brothers are watching uh, who I live with, and obviously you guys know who you are, um, we had some fantastic times in, in our second and third year, man. I learned a lot um, living with brothers from different cultures, yeah. different parts of the world, um, different perspectives in terms of in terms of Dean as well. Yeah. And um, I think that really opened my mind. Um, now, I think there are three sort of, yeah, is it three? No, sorry, two main places that a person can live. Um, three, actually, yeah, three. Uh, three places that a person can live when they're in university. Either they can live in like the halls of residence, which are basically the university's allocated accommodation. These tend to be really expensive yeah. because the university can charge you whatever they like. Um, and they tend to be, um, you're living with random people. Um, the second choice is you live in either a, a university allocated or a privately allocated studio, which is basically like a, a one bedroom apartment. Um, where you live by yourself, you have all of your amenities, um, you'll have basically a small kitchen, you will have like an ensuite, you have your own bedroom, you do your own thing basically. But the problem with these is they tend to be really pricey. Really expensive. Yeah, they tend to be really expensive. Um, and finally, I think the, the last sort of option that you have is to uh, rent privately, where basically there's student accommodation within the city um, of people who own houses, who own flats, who basically rent it to you, uh, a group of a group of people, and essentially what you will do is you'll you'll gather a few a few of you together, um, and you'll you'll basically put down a deposit, or um, you'll commit to a contract um, for a year or the academic year, and you live live privately, um, which is what I did for my second and third year. Um, now, how do you go about finding such people? Um, they'll tend to be like estate agents that can help you out, that can tell you where the property is. But my my advice to you is is that if you get in touch with like the local prayer room, uh, the Islamic Society, uh, there will be people who are coming together, like-minded people, Muslims, um, who Muslim brothers or Muslim sisters who are trying to find accommodation, and you can join together, um, and you you can you can rent a house um, from one of these estate agents. So I think this is really really important for. Because the thing is, is that as Muslims, we are very particular about our cleanliness. Okay, cleanliness in in all aspects, whether it be within the kitchen, whether it be in the bathroom, whether it be our in our own bedrooms, um, we are very particular about cleanliness, about cross contamination, um, and about making sure that we aren't living in um, mixed gender areas. So it's really important that we try to establish this. And I, I understand and I I completely respect this is easier for returning students but for somebody who really wants to who is sincere and who wants to find this as a new student if you contact your islamic society if you contact um people in the local area um you are active on on social media you can find these kind of things um linked with your own university you can get in touch with people and find rooms that are available with muslims and i really 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 advise anybody who is who is going into um looking into moving to wherever they're going to study uh, to do this. At the same time, I also respect and I understand that sometimes we don't have that option available to us of going private renting. We have to go to halls of residence. And like I mentioned, I had personal circumstances in my master's year. That's exactly what I had to do as well. Um, but even in situations like this where we live in halls of residence, the university also acknowledges that um, there are people who prefer single gender flats and there are ways that we can request for single gender flats or to live where there might be other muslims as well um, and the university will try to facilitate that for us as well it essentially comes down to us asking okay and if we ask then we'll receive and if we don't ask then you're not going to get okay so it's really important that you try to um seek out like-minded people so I think once you've sorted out your accommodation, then it's all the entire buzz of uh, moving to university. Um, have fun packing all of your boxes and packing all your clothes and all the other stuff that you need to take with you. Uh, make sure you go shopping for pots and pans and spoons and, and knives and plates. You're going to need all of it. Um, in fact, 
me and my missus, we still use plates that I bought for when I went to university. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's a little uh, fact for you. But I think the next thing that we want to get into, Kasim, and this is really, really important, okay, is the first few days of university. And I want to talk more on the aspect of those who are living away from home. There's those who are living at home, generally, the first few days of university just tends to be registration. Yeah. And you're not really dabbling much within social life um, of university, as you've already mentioned. But the way that I see it is, the first few days of university, what's, what's uh, termed as Freshers' Week, is a vital period of time for any Muslim going to university. This is where you set the tone. And what I want to mention here is, is it's perfectly normal at this point to feel lonely. And um, some of you may watch this now when we release the video. Um, others may watch this episode later on. Um, and, you know, I encourage you to maybe come back to, to listen to me explain this part again um, when when it comes to that time when you're, when you're in Freshers' Week. Um, and I'll, I'll mention it again. It's perfectly normal to feel lonely at, that, at this time of Freshers' Week. First few days of, of university, I've heard many people who will admit to me privately that Yasin, I cried on the first few nights of university because I was so lonely because... I didn't know where I was. I was in a new environment around new people. You know, I, w- I was scared, you know, and people might find it, um, some people might find it funny. Yeah. Um, but to be lonely, I for me and the way that, that I, I, I sympathize with people, that when you're not used to being away from your family, when you're not used to being away from home, then you are going to feel like that. Um, but it gets better. It does get better. Um, And I think that's a really important point to mention. So the next thing to sort of mention now is, like we've mentioned, first few days are vital casting. So what should or shouldn't a Muslim do uh, in the first few days or the first few weeks of starting university? I think what happens in the first, let's just say the introduction to university is that as you mentioned, then a new environment really affects a person, and uh, I think let's be honest, this is the first time in a person's life where he has freedom, mm-hmm. and freedom is something very, very, very dangerous, you know. And most people they don't know how to handle this sort of freedom. And in the first few weeks of university, let's be honest, even the universities will encourage you, even some of your lecturers, your peers will encourage you of going out of clubbing, of drinking, of partying, and just really enjoying the university experience. And that's what university experience is for some people. But for a Muslim, that's not the experience that he goes to university for. you know. And I think it's very important in the first few weeks to try your best, get to the prayer room, get to the Islamic society, and find, like you said, like-minded people to events so you don't feel left out. You know, Try to connect with those people who have the same sort of mindset. And really, how do I say, keep a hold of yourself because this is the first few weeks where let's be honest a lot of students their students don't come in and they blow all of their money and they wait until christmas for the next student not to come in you know more most students don't attend lectures they don't attend lessons because they've gone there for a different experience of rather than studying you know i think these first few weeks is very important for a person to hold himself to really to really like discipline himself you know and understand where he is mm-hmm. but also the purpose of why he's there you're not there to do Things which are crazy, you're there to study, you're there to get a degree, you're there to enjoy yourself better in a halal manner and in the right sort of environments. And it's up for a person to seek out these environments. Yeah, I think this is a really important point that you mentioned, Kasim, that we're not saying not to enjoy yourself, but we're saying enjoy yourself within the limits of the Sharia. Um, and this is, you mentioned a really important point, and I just want to reiterate it just for, for the viewers, is that you aren't going to protect yourself from the harms or the ills that take place um, in university by sitting in your room. You have to do activities which are going to enjoy yourself as well, you know. Um, and if you're doing other things which are within the limits and within the boundaries of the Sharia and you're enjoying yourself, then you won't be drawn to the other things which are outside the limits and outside the boundaries of the Sharia. And this is a really important point that, 
if we want to drive home, that join into activities that sometimes the Islamic society might provide that will be inside of the prayer room. Um, join with like-minded brothers and, you know, go go on um, different events that might be might be available. Um, if you're a sporty person, then, you know, join in the, the football or the cricket or try a different sport, you know, um, that, that you might never have tried before and you, you want to get into. Um, I think this is really important that if you are spending your time busy in activities which are halal, then you won't spend your time in activities which are haram. Natural, right? Um, it seems simple enough, but it's a it's a big advice that you know we we try to take on board. Um, like Hassan mentioned, um, make sure you introduce yourself in the prayer room, and I don't mean walk in and say, mm. "Assalamu alaikum, my name's Yasin." <laughs> no, uh, you can do that if you like, um, but you know, make yourself known in the prayer room. You know, if you are there um, more often than not, then you will meet people. And generally, the prayer room is a place where a lot of uh, brothers and sisters go uh, just to meet like-minded people. And the more time you spend there, the more people you're going to meet, the more people you're going to introduce yourself to. Um, and, you know, you might make friends along the way that you you never knew and you'll have these friends for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, so the prayer room is definitely a place to go to. Um, the other place that I would highly recommend is also go to your local masjid as well. Whatever that may be, whichever city you are in or whichever village or uh, wherever you are, there's going to be a masjid that's close by. And you've got to bear in mind that this local masjid has seen hundreds and thousands of students come in and out and in and out and in and out. And if you acquaint yourself in a local masjid, you know, there might be like a, some some local brothers that are there um, who who will help you in your process and I can vouch for it that you know alhamdulillah I had somebody from the local masjid in Lancaster who sort of took me under his wing and who was like a fatherly figure to me and up until this day I remember him and I make dua for him you know because the fact that he was there um, he was available and he helped and whenever I needed anything he was available um, and you know we became really good friends um, but he helped me on my journey and he was like a fatherly figure to me where even though I wasn't living too far away from, from home, um, but he really helped. And the I think people like that are quite unique in a sense where they they understand the need because they've seen the seen it through experience. Um so I would definitely advise that as well, that you know, if you can get in touch with like the local masjid, um, just go you know, and it doesn't happen where you just go for one salah and meet a person like this. You know, you, you gotta acquaint yourself. Um, I think the other thing that I want to mention here as well is don't be afraid to go to the prayer room. Um, don't be afraid to go to the local masjid. And a point that I want to mention here is is that myself, I remember that each stage that I moved from one institution to another. So like, for example, when I moved from high school to college and then from college to university, I always made an intention that I want to make myself better. I want to remold who I am as a person because I'm now in entering into an environment or with a group of people who who don't know me so you know let's say for example you're an individual who you aren't happy with uh, who you are you know uh, where you are religiously where you are spiritually and you want to better that sometimes what's a hindrance is our own society and the group of friends that we're in because we're worried that they might turn around and say Allah look at him man um, he was doing X, Y and Z before and now all of a sudden he's turned pious so I think this is a really important point that when you enter into the new atmosphere of university, you can remold yourself. You can change who you are. You can become that religious person that you've always wanted to be. Um, so don't be afraid of of trying to do that. You know, understand your limits. You know, you don't need to become the imam of the of the prayer room. <laughs> it's okay just to be the person that's behind um, and and joins in the salah. Um, but yeah, t- take advantage of entering into a new group of friends um, entering into an area in which people don't know you uh, I think this, this is an important sort of point to mention definitely you'll find people on the same journey as you although I think you'll definitely find people at the university as you mentioned on the same journey who just want to better themselves mm-hmm. you know yeah um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention Asim, is try new things oh yeah, yeah you know um, you mentioned this is probably a disadvantage of commuting but Alhamdulillah, in like my second year, my third year, I got to try new things. Um, and of the one, one of the things that I that I took up was the sport of archery. Um, 
the guys that I live with will tell you, you know, I used to trudge at uh, like half past six in the morning uh, on, a, on a Thursday morning. I used to have this big, massive rucksack here with like Olympic uh, recurve uh, archery equipment. Um, and at half six in the morning, I'd, I'd already left to go to archery practice, which was seven till nine on a Thursday morning. Um, but don't be afraid to try new things, you know, a new sport. Um, join in the societies which you think will be a benefit to you. Try something new, you know. Um, you will gain opportunities. You'll get opportunities in your university life, but you probably will never get the opportunity to do things like this ever again in your life. Um, so take benefit from that, you know. Um, try to do new things uh, within the limits of the Sharia. And just to give an example, I know somebody um, who... Tokyo 2020 Olympics, yeah? Uh, right. Just a couple of months ago. Um, I know someone, not personally, but like I know of him, who took up archery in university and he was at the Olympics this year. So, um, be, you know, you never know. You know, you take up a, a new sport at a university and... Uh, you might be going to the Olympics in about four years' time, but three years or uh, seven years' time. It so, just shows that a person doesn't know what he's also capable of. Yeah, yeah. A person doesn't know what sort of skills he has and what he'll enjoy. Yeah, you yeah. know. But if you don't try new stuff, you'll never, you'll never know. So, like you said, get yourself out there, do stuff which you're going to enjoy, which you enjoy, but which is maybe a challenge sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. You know, go out and do it, man. Okay. Um, I think the other thing to sort of mention here is. Um, Many people, Kasim, unfortunately, have never washed a dish in their life. Oh. But they're going to be going to university and um, and unfortunately, they're going to be living by themselves. What do you think? What's, what's, their, what's your advice to them? Uh, those people that, unfortunately, haven't haven't done much of the household chores, um, shall we say? Uh, I'd be quite honest. My, my honest opinion would be uh, be ready for a shock. To understand... Uh, Maybe the important people in your life who, did, who you didn't so appreciate. And first one, most people will be their mothers. And some will be their fathers. Some will be their sisters. Some will be other people in their life. But I, like one of our friends mentioned as well, but when a person goes to university, he finds out a lot about himself. And person, when a person lives with by himself, away from his family in a new environment, he learns a lot about himself. Mm. And then what usually happens is that person, he appreciates those things that he had, but he doesn't have at that time. Mm. You know? So if you're a person who doesn't do his own washing, who doesn't know how to cook, doesn't know how to clean, doesn't know how to do the basic necessity of life, which I think these are these are incumbent on every man and woman. Mm-hmm. I don't see the role of uh, cooking just for a woman. I, every man should know how to do that as well. Yeah. Cleaning as well, a man should know how to wash his clothes. Man should know how to, a man should know how to iron his clothes, how to wash the dishes, how to organize his room, how to do all these sort of things. And I think university, a lot of people will be in for a shock, but it can be good where you improve yourself and you learn. Or you just stay as you are and rely on people. Mm-hmm. Uh, or make people's life even harder. You know, the people that you live with, if you don't wash your dishes, you don't do this, and you know, it's not nice yeah. to live with. Okay, so I want to mention actually just a couple of things, right? So definitely, if you can, in the period between now and when you go to university, you need to learn a few dishes of how to cook a few things, right? So let me give you a, a quick rundown. Yasin's uh, chef special, okay? So I think eggs are a fairly standard thing, fairly easy to make. Okay, my brother makes a good omelet. So if you need a recipe, get in touch with him. Um, so eggs is one. Um, the other thing that um, you can learn to cook rice. Rice is actually fairly easy to cook. Um, if you ask your mums or your sisters if they know how to cook rice, <laughs> which I'm sure they will. Um, rice is something that's fairly easy to cook. You just got to know your proportions in terms of how much rice to how much water. Yeah. Um, and how much salt don't overdo the salt um, the other thing to learn is definitely pasta pasta is a, a quick and dirty thing that you can you can learn to make um, vegetable curry is actually fairly easy as well honestly um, I'm not lying there's so much stuff in YouTube which is so much, so easy to learn honestly I learned a lot of cooking just from YouTube man yeah it's, it, honestly use YouTube yeah uh, it's so easy some of the dishes are ridiculously easy you learn honestly and you know what you become a good husband or wife in the future you know yeah 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 these skills only they, they will be with you for life wherever you go if you're yeah. not to cook honestly man you're like you don't want it man just just, <laughs> just don't take a Jamie Oliver recipe okay oh no that guy's a disgrace no Jamie Oliver recipes mm. um, the other thing in terms of laundry there are a couple of quick tips as well uh, your whites go separate to your colours <laughs> if you wear white clothes 
just make sure they're separate from any sort of colors that you have um, you need to know what you can dry in like the tumble dryers and what you can't dry otherwise you chuck something in that can't be dried in a dryer uh, it might come out a couple of sizes too small for you um, so that's another thing um, learning how to clean dishes I think this just takes a bit of practice if you've never done it before please 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 just pick up that sponge get the fairy and and just get going at home I think um, clean, I think clean dishes is more about your ego yeah, just do yeah. it yeah, I think yeah. once you've eaten something clean it, clean it up straight away don't mm. leave it Okay. Don't let the dishes pile up. Honestly, just don't do it, man. Yeah. Um, everything else, I think, is more just like standard. I think a lot of times what happens is once people realize they're living in like a. They're living in a mess. I wanted to use another word then. Um, when they realize they're living in a mess, um, then they start to learn, okay, well, I've got, I've got to do this. Um, so they start to do it. And a lot of times people just wear an ironed clothes um, because they can't be bothered ironing um, or they're probably burning all their clothes. Um, which if you're continuously burning all your clothes, like Kasim said, YouTube. Um, <laughs> Honestly, YouTube is, is brilliant. You know, yeah. anything you want. Okay. So I think the last thing that we'll end with, Kasim, is we've talked about like... Oh, sorry. I want to mention one more thing, finances. Okay. Just a quick thing on finances in terms of... As a student, you don't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. uh, if you all take your student loans and kids, we're not getting into the halal and haram. Whatever money you do have, honestly, learn how to finance your, your money. Because if you blow your money, I'll be honest, there's a lot of students who blow their money in the first two, three weeks, your life's going to become rough. Mm -hmm. You can have nothing to eat, you're going to be struggling for you know books, going places, your friends are going to go out to different events, go, go places to eat, and you won't have the money. Why? Because you blew it in two weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, If you've got, just say, just I'm going to make up a figure now, £20,000, which you won't have, you know, learn how to spend that in maybe what a year, six months, whatever time you've got it for. You know, don't blow it all in one or two weeks. Honestly, it'll make your life very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing that um, I really forgot to mention earlier on um, is that don't dip your toe into anything that you know that's wrong. What's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. You already know before you go to university. And the problem is once you once you dip your toe into something that you know that you shouldn't be doing, you're going to make it very, very, very difficult for you to come away from that. Um, and you will have no control. Your self-control will go out the window. So just avoid it in, in the first place. You know the kind of things I'm talking about. Um, I don't think you need myself and Kasim to spell it out. You know what's right and you know what's wrong. Um, and it only goes downhill. Okay, So it's really, really important that just don't try it. <laughs> No matter what the pressure is. And I think this is where we came... When we mentioned about the first few weeks are vital. When you learn to say no in the first few weeks, people will respect you for that. And they'll understand that this guy doesn't do drugs. This guy doesn't have alcohol. This guy won't come clubbing. So they'll stop asking. Okay? But you've just got to be resolute in your first few weeks. If you dip your toe, they'll keep asking you. Um, and you'll keep going. Um, it's as simple as that. So... Just be careful. Um, that's all I'll say. So, you want to mention here it's just, just some advice for me is that when we do go to university, look, our names are uh, Qasim or Yasin or Muhammad, you know, these different Muslim names. We go to university as a Muslim. And whether we like it or we don't like it, uh, I say this for every single Muslim on the, on the face of the earth, we all are represent, representing Islam. Mm -hmm. And we are only, we may be the only connection or image that another person or non-muslim has with islam mm -hmm. and if we give a good representation you know who knows this much in the life of another person but if we give a bad representation of the, of our islam of what being a muslim is you know then that has an effect on people as yasin said you will have non-muslim friends who will ask you about because they don't know and it's not their fault they're just not educated about it if they ask about alcohol and you know, these different things and you say no and you say i'm a muslim then they start to understand that, okay, what well, oh, Islam says this, why did it say this, you know, and you can maybe just intrigue somebody's interest mm -hmm. and you don't know what can happen, but mm -hmm. you're going to university as a Muslim, just keep that with you, that whatever I do, I'm the face of Islam for some people. Yeah, definitely. And your, your da'wah, it doesn't have to be direct, you know, you don't have to like directly invite the person towards Islam. Just your actions, your indirect actions, they have an influence. And if you have the right intention, then this will be a formal da'wah as well, inshallah. Which you will be rewarded for. Um, so yeah, I think that's the sort of final thing to mention. 
on that aspect. Is there anything else before we wrap up? No? Okay. So you mentioned a lot of stuff you want to mention, yeah. So Yeah. So I think just the the last thing we'll talk about is like studying tips, maybe. Um I don't want to go too detailed into this, but my opinion was always attend all your lectures, attend all your seminars, attend all your workshops. You know, doesn't matter how tired you are or doesn't matter what the circumstances is, doesn't matter how bad the lecture is. Remember, we had a cohort of like 250, 300 students and there were some lecturers that people just didn't like and from that 250, 300, there was about 10 of us in the lecture. You'll still benefit by going for that one hour, you know. So my recommendation is always, always just attend every single one of them. Once you get into the habit of not attending, then it's a it's a cliff that you'll fall off very quickly. Um, so just attend all of them. Whether you see benefit in it or not, um, just attend them. Honestly, when it comes towards the end of the year, you'll thank me for it. When it comes to revising, you'll remember, oh yeah, the lecturer said X, Y, and Z. Or in this particular workshop, this thing was discussed. Um, and it'll, it'll just peak your, peak your mind. Um, Learn to have discipline between like studying and, and not studying at the same time. You are there to study, but that doesn't mean you have to study 24-7, 365 days a year. Um, enjoy yourself as well, like we've mentioned. Have some time off. Um, any other tips that you have on studying, Kasim? Uh, that's what you said, you know, just be present, be there. Uh, do what's required of you. Do your homeworks, do your assignments. Uh, do your best. Plan it. Plan ahead. Don't leave your, honestly, don't leave your essays for the last week. Don't leave, don't give yourself five days. Prepare a month, two months in advance, you know, mm. space everything out. Yeah. You know, just have, you know, some sort of logical plan in your mind. Mm, definitely. And I think we have to understand also as well, what is university? University is just an institution to help facilitate self-study for students. It's not there to spoon feed you. The lecturer is not there to shove it down your throat and tell you exactly what you need to study. You're there to study yourself. So you have to have the passion to go and do that. Um, if you don't, then you will fall behind very quickly and you'll spend three years and come out at the end of it with, unfortunately, not the results that you, that you wanted. Um, so remember, university is there to help facilitate self-study. So you have to do the self-studying. Um, I think we'll end on there. Is there. There's a lot of things we didn't mention that we did want to mention. Mm-hmm. If people want us to do another podcast, maybe we can follow this yeah, one yeah, up, yeah. but there's maybe some other things. But shall we leave it for that? Yeah, yeah. So we'll end there, inshallah. Um, don't forget to help the uh, hit the like button below. Uh, that really helps in terms yeah. of um, in terms of the YouTube channel. Uh, please do subscribe and share the video with your friends and family, especially if you know of any um, students who are starting university or who are continuing. Um, share the the link to the video in your WhatsApp groups or um, on Instagram or or whatever. Um, that really help in terms of in terms of helping us along the journey as well. Um, today's episode was meant to be on the Arabic language. Yeah. Um, inshallah, that got postponed because we thought this would be more appropriate um, given the current current time um, of A-level results and, and students starting university. So inshallah, the, the episode on the Arabic language will be the next one, inshallah. Um, I just want to finish off by saying, Jazakallah khair. Uh, I put out a message to um, on a few of my social media and uh, just to ask people for some tips and advice that they would like to share which we've tried to include in this video. Uh, we've not been able to, inc- I've not been able to include all of them, but to all the people that responded and, and that sent some messages, JazakAllah here for, for giving your advices and your tips and your tricks. Um, that really helps in terms of helping us structure and helping the, the listeners as well, um, inshallah. Um, but inshallah, we'll see you in the next episode. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.